right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football podcast, brought to you by the kind people at Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski of the Denver Desert Dog. It is week one, and we're very excited to preview week one in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Joining me tonight, my right-hand man in the Red Triangle, Eddie Mitchum, the Steel Curtain. That was a struggle. You sound like that Kaplan dude this morning. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I do. You're right. Um, also joining us tonight, the left-hand man in the red triangle, Shane Stein. It's good to be here, Matt. We know, Shane. We know it's good to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you. I was wondering if I was going to be the left-hand man or not. I figured <laughs> that, that makes sense. You're kind of the middle man. You're just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, you, you, make, you make it flow. <laughs> I'm here to bring the knowledge, Ed. Yeah, I think we'll get Shane back on a regular schedule now that we're into week one and Shane actually cares. He's not into prep and predictions (laughs) and previews. He's just into the hard-hitting facts and knowledge of the Sons of Fantasy League. Um, Finally, it's week one. We're ready to go. And then today's news hits that Tampa and Miami will not play this week. They will have a week one bye. The preseason was too rigorous for them. Now, in all seriousness, Hurricane Irma is looks devastating, and I'm guessing the Dolphins owner didn't want to lose out on that revenue of a home game. So, week one's canceled. The teams have a mutual bye in week 11, and that is now when that game will be played. My question to you guys, um, which team does it hurt if it hurts anyone in our league? How do you guys feel about this in terms of fantasy? Like it's much to do about nothing. Like they're still gonna play the game. Yeah, I know. It's just sprung on you. I mean, it just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah, it does. I guess. I don't know. I think there's off the top of my head, without digging through every team, I feel like there's really only two guys that it affects, and it's me and Shane. Well, Ajayi. Ajayi for for storms. That's true. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking at his, I didn't even look at his team, so maybe he's the answer. I don't know. But I feel like the easy answer, without looking at his team, is me. Well, the is me. It affects me the most because I had the best player in that game. Um, but but, it, but me and you were the ones that get affected most. I I agree. Um, just the cop out I think it hurts me. I got to play Mike Evans in Week Eleven now. <laughs> I would have had a tasty little buy against Shane there. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, it changes things around. I mean, strictly week one basis, it affects me because obviously I can't. He's one of my best players. Um, hurts not having him in the lineup. Um, hurts the Jai owners. Hurts Ed having Quiz. Um, Spears has Landry, I believe. Yeah. Not that that's. My question for week. Spears tonight was almost will he get Landry out? by Sunday, but we'll see about that. I didn't feel like hitting him that hard in week one. So. Um, but other than that, I mean, I have to agree with that. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you're still going to get your games in. It's just Do you like the fact that right now your team's healthy and you now have Evans later when it matters more? Does that actually, does, do you actually like this? Do you like, you like that? <laughs> you like that? Um, 
No, I think I would like. I would much rather have him in the lineup week one. And try to get off to a good start. I mean, you obviously want to get that week one win. I guess. I guess every win means the same as every other one. But I mean, it's always nice getting off to a one and zero start and having one of your better players is usually key to Here's that. Sorry, Jane. The reason it sucks for me is because I don't have a good pivot at running back for week one. Like Duke Johnson's gonna be a mystery. And that's like the only pivot. Whereas in week 11, someone could have emerged on the waiver wire that I acquired that could have filled that Doug Martin five weeks. I could have had a better pivot in week 11. Whereas right now, I'm throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. So I think that's why I feel like it hurts me worse. Because I feel like, like you do have the best player, but I feel like you have a safer pivot. Game flow this week, though, kind of should predict that Duke Johnson should be okay. Right. I mean, the Steelers should go in there and they should handle their business. I know it's a road game, but I'm not as concerned in week one. I think everyone gets up for week one, you know. Um, I, I would think Gameflow would predict Duke Johnson's probably a decent play this week in terms of like a flex. Now, he's your RB1 or RB2, I guess, behind Powell, but. I'm just scared of what his usage is going to be like with Kaiser. Yeah, I agree. So, it's a mystery. I think you have a good point there, Ed, about, I mean, obviously you have week 11, you have much more time to figure out your, your running back situation. I mean, also, take but taking Evans out of my lineup, I mean, I don't know that my pivot is anywhere close to... to no, you got Devin Funches, dude. You're good. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck here deciding between Funches and... Uh, Rashard Matthews as my, as my guy I'm pretty much that I'm stuck with. So, I mean, the, the gap there is kind of similar, I feel like. Everyone's going to be okay. Your whole life's going to be fine. We will uh, we will survive. I'm not going to be worried about it. No. Like everyone else is, everyone's freaked out. All right, well, let's move on. The next thing we're going to talk about tonight, I'm going to reveal the Week 1 Power Rankings on the podcast. I'll send them out to everyone. Um, this is our first live power ranking. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Um, and you guys can comment on the teams if you feel appropriately. But number 12, the bottom feeder of the league right now, the Cooper Klux Klan. Uh, I just feel like there's too many injuries right now. A lot of holes in the roster. Don't really know what to make of it. Um, he does get Zeke for week one at least right now, so that's a little shot in the arm. But I think this is probably the weakest lineup right now. Yeah, I think you could have went two ways here, and I'm, I wouldn't have been mad with either team, but uh, I think Fegley's team is definitely the uh, bottom right now. It's just a lot of holes in the lineup, I mean, between Ware, Edelman, McCann, Meredith. Meredith, who already dropped. Oh, he did. Um, just a lot of a lot of holes, guys that aren't even suiting up. Um, with that being said, if if Zeke plays, lineup's not too bad. Yeah, but just just not a whole lot of depth there. But you get Zeke against the Giants. Does yeah. that even like? Does it even matter that he's playing? <laughs> it's not a great matchup. It matters because he's going to get twenty touches still. But it's fine. Yeah. Like just three point three yards a touch. Yeah. Um, eleven. Team shits ice cream, and my comment from them is just the bottom half of the starting line is very weak. 
running Montgomery and Coleman out at flex. Um, he's just he's got some good top end talent. Murray, Rogers, Nelson. After that, it's pretty thin. Yeah, this was the other team I thought you could have went at twelve. I, w- I wasn't sure which one you were going to go with, and yeah, other than the top guys, there, there's not a whole lot here. I'm a little skeptical with Frank Gore this year. I mean, and then after that, his flex spots are just not strong enough for me. Yep. Uh, number ten, Fleetwood franchise. I just put that he had the worst keepers. I did think he had a decent draft. Um, but I think his team just again looks very similar to what it's looked like the last couple of years. So, I th- I think the bottom two are clear. I think it's pretty tight from here on out to the top. Um, I don't think there's a ton of separation. So I had to put someone ten, and I picked Ty. Uh, ninth, St. Louis. Pe- Give Ty a comment. All right, sorry. You were like, well, I don't want to wait well, too usually, long. Usually I'm down on the franchise. Like, like three seconds of silence. Can't have that. That's bad radio. I've been down on the franchise in past years. I think this could be a sneaky good team. Um, I didn't like it, I know, when we left the draft room. But, I mean, if Ajayi turns out and, and is a true RB1, um, I think that this team can make some noise. Um, there's definitely some question marks, though. What are we going to get from Dalvin Cook, uh, Robert Kelly? Eh, what are we going to get there? But I'm not. I'm, there's a lot of question marks. Sammy Watkins is a is a boomer bust play there. Um, he's going to need a lot to go right, but I think it could be sneaky good. Ed, yeah. I I I uh, Shane's comments on our post draft show that. It was a team we all left not liking, but after I dug into it on our podcast, I, I found the same thing Shane found, that it kind of, kind of could be sneaky. All right, ninth, I have the St. Louis Patriots. I probably should have had in 10. It was more, I think, respect for longevity between the two teams and what they've done over the years in the league. Um, my comment for the Patriots is, will the two tight ends set work again? So... Well, the two tight end set's going to work because he has two good ones. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> My question is if he's going to ever bust out the three tight end. Uh, I guess he dropped Martellus Bennett. He doesn't have it anymore. The goal line package. <laughs> I wasn't sure if Poppin was going to run out the three tight end set there. But uh, we know he's going to compete. It's just a matter of, I'm not sold on C.J. Anderson, not sold on Ted Ginn Jr., um, Terrence West, eh. I looked at you through the junior in for Ted Ginn. That's sneaky. Not a lot of people ever do that. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of question marks in the Patriots. And I'm, I'm a big Patriots fan, but I don't think this is the to you. Not yet. Not right now, anyway. Enthralled, Ed. Ed, you good? Yeah, I mean, we did a toast draft. All right. Sorry. All right. Sorry. sorry. No, sorry. I'll just keep going. Uh, eighth, Abusement Park. Top-end talent, but there are some question marks on this squad, in my opinion. Hmm. I think that's pretty accurate. <coughs> pretty accurate. I mean, how far can can Johnson, Beckham, Reed? Yeah, well, uh-huh. Reed's a question mark. McCaffrey's yeah. a question mark. Um, Big Ben at quarterback, I think. You're going to have a good... We get some good weeks from him, but I think overall he's a question mark. Um, I think you need, when you draft Big Ben, I think you need to have a, a plan for 
the weeks when he's not a good play. So there's some question marks, but the top end talent should be enough to carry him that if he's able to hit on some of these, he could shoot up the rankings rather quickly. Um, seventh, Seawolves. I say possible serious contender with luck waiting in the wings. Yeah, Phil's team's pretty good. I, I, like. I, I felt like this these power rankings were really hard. I felt like this was the most even the teams have been leaving the draft in, in our three years so far. <laughs> yeah, looking at the teams, <clears throat> I feel like there's a lot of balance throughout the league right now. Um, it's hard to separate a lot of the teams, but I feel like Phil's in a pretty good spot right now, so I can't wait to see the, the rest of the teams. I feel like everyone's pretty balanced, and it's going to be tough to separate even as we go throughout. Sixth, I had the Mad Dogs, and I just said a rookie looking to make a name for himself. Thought his team was okay. It kind of mirrors what him and his brother have done in the past in terms of the fact that they have depth and a lot of mid-tier players, but I just think there's a lot of talent on this team. You could put this team way further down, in my opinion. I like the starting lineup. I don't like any... I don't like the bench, so I think he's going to have to... Avoid some injuries. Bioweeks can be some concerns, but... Yeah, I could have had him eighth, and I could have moved Phil and sure up a spot, I guess. Um, but we'll see. I wanted to give a little bit of love to the the LA division. I didn't want it just loaded with Favre's at the top, so... Um, fifth, Bull Weevils. I just said if Mixon hits, this is a tough squad. Yeah, Bull has a pretty solid, solid team as well. Um... <clears throat> A little concerned about what we're going to get from Pryor this year. Um, obviously, it was a nice keeper at a buck, but can he duplicate what he did last year? Um, but yeah, I really like the the Bull Weevils this year. I think this is going to be their best year yet. Fourth, I have the Hammer. I uh, just said Brady and a slew of running backs. I like I like Butler's running back uh, crew. <clears throat> yeah, no, we're going to get to that later in the pod. But yeah, Butler's team is. Other teams saw if he can get wide receiver production. Um, having Brady on the team, always nice. The running backs, obviously, obviously very good. Yep. Third, Steel Curtain. I just said only fitting that the podcast co-host rounds out the top three. So you're going to see a theme here in the top three. <clears throat> I have the curtain there. I think that's right where you want to be, Ed. Ready to strike. I like that. I like the Big Dogs team. I do. Um, I left the draft saying, telling Ed that I thought he had did a nice job. I like the balance. Strong at quarterback. Strong at receiver. And I feel like that's the that's the formula. Second, the Denver Desert Dogs. I think I finally executed a draft plan for the first time in three years. So I feel really good about my team leaving the draft and uh, where I'm headed in week one. Love your team as well. I feel like you're loaded. Um, Gurley takes that next step. Going to be really, really dangerous. Really solid receiving core. Uh, good quarterback play as well. And at the top, the familiar face on top of the league with the target on his little back. Take your ball and go home. Yeah, I, I won't lie. I like my squad. Um, I think you obviously put me at the top because you're a dick. <laughs> okay, we're there. <laughs> uh, but I do like my squad. I mean, I built it exactly kind of the way I wanted to. I'm strong at receiver, strong at quarterback. 
and I'll figure out the running backs as I go. I just wanted to see how powerful the podcast jinx was, so I just wanted to give it a shot, see if I could kill any players in week one. <laughs> so no, I mean we're we're willing to take that target. Uh, I, I I feel like this might have been the best team I've drafted, so um, I I like my team as well. Yeah, again, these power rankings completely worthless. No facts behind them, just opinions and um, me trying to work my devil magic uh, via the pod. So, those are the week one power rankings. One thing I'm going to do to go with the power rankings this year, I've created what we're going to call the Sons of Fantasy Football Weekly. It's going to be a spreadsheet. I'm going to keep the power rankings, the matchups, scores, standings other newsworthy items and we'll probably keep track of who the top scorers were um so you guys will get that every week um in a nice consolidated spreadsheet and each week will be a new tab so it'll be fun we'll be able to see how things really shook out week to week in terms of the power rankings scores standings um should be fun little project for myself there so i kind of failed us on the power rankings last year had a lot going on last year with moving everything, so um, we're in good shape now, and uh, should be a nice little fun weekly thing to generate some buzz in the league. All right, so those are the power rankings. Let's get into the week one matchups now. Um, another thing we're going to do for 2017, uh, every week the three of us have made our predictions for who's going to win each matchup. This year, we're going to keep some standings. We're going to actually hold ourselves accountable and see who's doing a good job as far as predicting who's going to win so maybe you want to take the jinxing out of the picks and actually make them appropriately <laughs> we're gonna there gonna be some <laughs> yeah you want to wager on it don't yeah, you? <laughs> there gonna be some, some lucrative uh at the end of the rainbow here is there gonna be a pot of gold um yeah the <laughs> the loser has to give 10 points to the winner in uh, the in the playoff gambling pool. So. A couple bucks of draft yeah. cash for next year. <laughs> no, uh, when we get together for the league party in the divisional or wild card round, loser has to give 10 points on the spread to, to the winner. <laughs> so I'll take, I'll take the Patriots at home getting three, no matter who they're playing. All right, so week one matchups. Let's start off with the Mad Dogs. Versus the Fleetwood franchise, two brothers meeting up, Mick versus Ty. We'll start off with the Mad Dogs. You guys concerned about Jordan Howard with the Bears' weaker offense now with Cam Meredith hurt and a wide receiver core of White and Wright? Yes. It feels, I've been saying for a couple weeks, it feels very much like Ty Gurley of last year. Nice first season, and then I think there could be a heavy sophomore slump. I think teams are just going to stack up and try to stop him and make him, make him beat him with the quarterback, and it's definitely concerning. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like Howard could be one of those overhyped players that everyone was real high on that uh, just isn't going to be able to put up the production because there's no one around him. <laughs> just not enough talent, not enough good players to warrant the workload that I think people thought he was going to get. I do think, Ed, this is similar to Gurley, like you said. In that sense, though, I don't have it in front of me, but I still feel like Gurley was top 24 last year, just in terms of volume alone. So I think in that case, I think Howard, just in terms of touches and volume, will carry him to the fact that he should be a starting running back in this league. But a lot of that 
Like, if you play a full 16-game workload and get 10 to 15 touches a week, you should be an RB1. So if you're an RB2, then, yeah, it's dismal season and you're disappointed in the production. But I think it could be something similar there where we see him maybe back end at top 20, um, which isn't what Mick needs on this team. So I think it could be similar to that in that sense. Let's talk about the franchise here. Sammy Watkins and Robert Kelly, enough in the flex. Uh, in week one. Uh, well, he just took, uh, Robert Kelly's now the starting running back because he took a Jai out. So, Decker's in the flex, but same same question. Watkins and Kelly, are those enough in your lineup? Uh, I think week one's going to show us what they believe about Rob Kelly and what his workload's going to be. feels like a team that doesn't really want to commit to the run, but I guess we'll find out over time. Um, this might be a great spot for Sammy Watkins. I, I mean, the Colts are terrible defensively, um, and they should be in the game. And <clears throat> I feel like they could get him going early and get him feeling good about himself. Get golf feeling good about good about himself. This might be the only week where he might be able to sneak a golf in a tournament play on Fanduel. Interesting. Week to week, I don't know that it's going to be, but this week I think it might be. Um, I think this is a good week for Watkins as well. Uh, to jump off of Ed there. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they really designed some plays to Watkins to try and get him really into this offense and involved right out the gate. The problem is I feel like Gurley should get at least 20 touches against this team. So how much... Can how much firepower do the Rams really have, even against the bad defense, to really showcase two players at one time? Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's on, they should, they absolutely should. Um, you know their defense is still pretty good. Aaron Donald's not going to be there, but should be uh, decent enough to maybe turn him over a couple times, hold him to some three and outs and some punts. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It should be interesting. Um, who do you guys got winning this one? Mick versus Ty. In this franchise, I just think the matchups are better. Um, I think uh, Bumpy Adams against Seattle and what was the other one? I think Jordan Howard against Atlanta is kind of scary. I think that defense is coming along. A lot of speed on that defense, so I think the big plays aren't really going to be there for them. And AJ Peterson's a question mark as it is, and then you put him at Minnesota, I think that's even a bigger question mark. I just think the matchups are better for the franchise. I think I like mixed Mad Dogs in the long run, but I'm going to go franchise as well. And I think it's because of the Oakland-Tennessee game. And I think uh, Mariota is going to have a big game in that one. I think I like that game to be high scoring. So I think I'll, I'll take the franchise for that uh, for that reason one. All right, I'm going to take the Mad Dogs. Um, I just like the receiving core. I think it's strong. Um, I don't love Keenan Allen at Denver, but I think he'll probably get some volume in terms of targets. I like Tate. I like Adams. I like Crowder. Um, I like I like the squad. None to show this week, but um, I think it's going to be a close game, maybe the closest matchup of the week. But I'll take the Mad Dogs, mainly because I have them higher in the power rankings. All right. Spears versus Butler. Team Ice Cream versus The Hammer. Um, does Butler have the top running back group in the league between Freeman, Gordon, and Lamar Miller? 
so. I think he might have the strongest RB1 and RB2, and then to throw Miller in the flex, I mean, any any question marks about Miller, I think, are removed when, when he's a flex play. So I think that's a pretty strong trivia of guys. Uh, yes, he does. Um, I guess the next closest might be Bull. Um, Bull has McCoy, Crawl, and uh, if Joe Mixon is what we think he's going to be. But I think Butler's, Butler's still better with, uh, with those three. Yeah, uh, the Wolves have a good top two in Bell and Hyde. Um, and I'm okay with Abuse and Park with Johnson and McCaffrey. Not a big Woodhead fan right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's Butler. That's obviously why I asked the question. I think it's a strong uh, running back group. Spears is running out four running backs against him, but it's not really anything close to that caliber because you have guys like Frank Gore, Tevin Coleman, and Ty Montgomery. So I uh, definitely like the hammer better. Um, question for Spears. Can Rodgers, Nelson, and Montgomery do enough to keep him competitive against his defense, the Seahawks? Well, this is a Butler no-no. <laughs> you can't start three guys against your defense. You can't do it. can't play with them. Can't, <laughs> can't win with them. Can't do it. <laughs> so, my answer is no. I just don't think there's enough points for those guys to go around, and I guess... I'll be the I'll get the first laugh with my draft comment of hoping that Green Bay scores a lot of points. And I don't think they will this one. Yeah, there's enough to go around. Um, I think so. No reason that Rogers and Lane, and uh, Jordy can't put up twenty each, at least. Um, Montgomery can't put up ten. I mean, you get fifty from from those three. There's enough. Obviously, that means the Seahawks aren't having a great day, but. So your more issues are everyone around them on this team? Yeah. <laughs> How in the hell is Montgomery getting the 10 points? I mean, three or four catches for 30 yards? Yeah, he doesn't have to score to get 10. Um, I think the harder one is I don't think Nelson gets to 20, but he'd have to go 8 for 100 on a score against Seattle. I guess that could happen, but... Um, I think we're probably looking more like 40, 45. But we'll see. that The over-under is sneaky high, which I guess it should be. I think Seattle can put up some points on Green Bay. And then if you have Rodgers throwing it 40-plus times in a game, you know, then the Packers have the ability to score. But, yeah, I just don't love the fact that you're, you're running three players out from different position groups against your defense. So something's got to give there, and it doesn't really go favorably for you either way so who wins Spears versus Butler this should be quick clean sweep let's knock it out hammer hammer it's not close hammer 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 um alright Bull versus Papa Kaz uh my question for Papa Kaz is Ted Ginn Jr. adequate as a Willie Sneed replacement with Sneed suspended for the first three games I think it's the smart way to replace him, but I don't think that he's anything of what Snead is. I think Snead's a way better route runner, so I think I don't think the opportunities are going to be there for him as much. Um, but I think it's the smart way to go. I guess if that answers the question. I think I'd like to see this play more if the Saints were at home. 
<laughs> yeah. not, to, not to make you guys... It's not prime time, though. It's not prime time, but I think... Oh, no, I'd, it is. It's Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I'd rather see this play in the Dome. I think that's where Ted Ginn's going to have the success this year. I'm not, not sold on him being much of a road road threat in this one, but I guess it is, to answer your question. Um, Fleener's the guy that could see uptick here. He's the guy that's familiar with playing the slot. He can run similar routes as need. Um, I like Fleener this week in this matchup, potentially. Um, I think the Vikings... It's almost the D-backs for some reason. I don't know why I almost said that. But I think the Vikings have the D-backs. I think that's what I was trying to defensive backs to uh, to maybe compete with Michael Thomas and maybe open up some lanes for Fleener in the slot. Um, Ted Ginn's obviously a guy that's not going to go out there and get 10 targets and catch 7 balls, but his catch per-catch production is usually big. So if he does hit one, you know, a 30, 40-yard touchdown, then, yeah, you get the production you would have gotten from Snead in one play. So I like that in that sense for Papakaz. I don't like the fact that he has to run out Ginn and Ingram together in this matchup because I don't think it's a great matchup for the Saints. But um, who knows? Drew Brees is one of those guys that Monday night, week one, you know, prime time, national television... You never know, even though it's not a good matchup for him. He's a guy that seems to elevate his game to those spots. So, we'll see. Um, definitely should be interesting. I hate that this game is Monday night because I would love to get some Vikings in my lineup in Fanduel, But uh, Dalvin Cook would have been a real nice play, <laughs> I think. But um, we'll see. Uh, question for Bull. How much do we love... Shady, LaShawn McCoy this week. Are you guys worried about the lack of help around him? Um, Jets defense decimated. Jets squad decimated. Shady's got to be a lock for 25 touches, I think, in this one. Yeah, I think I'm okay with him this week. I don't know. I don't love him long term. Uh, I had him as my number one target going into the draft, but it was a cautious number one target that spent nights and nights and nights talking to you about my concerns about him so long term I don't know if I'm as sold on it as I was a few weeks back but I guess this is a good way to get going against the decimated Jets team yeah definitely not concerned about him this week because the Jets might be the worst team ever um, <laughs> not, I, not even kidding no they're they, bad they might they're be really the worst bad. team ever um, but in the long term I'm a little concerned for McCoy I will, I will say, though, that I feel like he's the kind of talent that can kind of survive not having much around him. Um, he's that good. Um, they're, they're, let's be honest, there's not a whole lot on that team to, to help him out, but I think he's good enough on his own to be able to still be a top, top player in the league. Yeah. You have to figure, I mean, Zay Jones and Jordan Matthews and Charles Clay, those are really the main guys, like, in terms of Target. So you have to think McCoy is going to get five, six looks in the pass game um, alone, and then you get, put that on top of his rushing production. Should be able to get in the end zone once against this team this weekend. So definitely like McCoy in that sense. Um, but I agree for the long haul. I think he takes a beating this season. Um, so, um, did Eddie, did you hear anything about Tyrod Taylor today? Are we looking at a potential Nathan Peterman versus 
Josh McCown week one matchup. <laughs> Pretty sure he's back practicing. Oh, he was? Okay. I know he didn't, pra- he didn't practice Monday or Tuesday, I didn't think, so I wasn't sure. I'm sure I saw he's cleared. Okay. That's not as bad. Still not great, but um, I'm willing to bet half the people that play fantasy football have never heard of Peterman before. Yeah. So, he's from Pitt, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I just wanted to make sure that I heard of him before. So, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was in the better half of that group. All right, who wins? Bowl versus Papa Kaz. I think this one's a tight one. It is. Uh, I agree. I'm going to go with Bowl to squeak it out. <clears throat> Don't I'm do it, Shane. With the Patriots, as I always do. I don't know why. I just like the Patriots. <laughs> we know. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots too, though. I think Papa Kaz just has a little magic in him. I don't know what it is. Um, he's actually favored to win this matchup on ESPN. Losing, Mick, not being able to play Mixon this week, I think hurts Bowl. He has to go to Theo Riddick, or um, I forget who the other guy is considering. Allen Robinson. Um, I don't love Evan Ingram in Week One. <clears throat> um, like you said prior, I'm interested to see what's going to happen there. But And I don't like Andy Dalton at quarterback. I don't think that's a great play. So I like the Patriots here as well. All right, Fegley versus Sure, The clan versus the park. We'll start off with Abuseman Park. Does Beckham's health concern you guys? He, he came out today and said that he thinks he's good to go, um, but it's kind of still wait and see type thing. Um, I feel like he's a guy that's got to be at full health. I don't feel like he's a guy that's going to go out there 75%. I don't know. There's just I have weird feelings about that. So I'm interested to see how you guys feel about Beckham. I am indeed concerned. Uh, not long-term. Concerned for week one, though, for sure. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> got it. They, uh, <laughs> um, they have that Sunday night time slot, so I think, I believe, is that right? Yeah. Yes. They have a Sunday night time slot. I think that that's a little bit of a bind. Um, I don't know what he would do. I guess he would pivot to Cole Beasley, which is bad. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't really have a safe pivot, in my opinion. So it's it could be risky. Not concerned at all. Um, Sunday night game. Beckham wants to be the highest paid player in the league. He's going to show up on primetime game. He's going to be just fine. In week one? Yep. you got to think, though, Eddie, we're going to know something before game time of that. I don't know. You'd think that we'll know something Sunday at some point. Maybe not. I don't think that's true, but I'll allow it. Okay. I don't see what I don't see why he couldn't go out. It's well after the one o'clock games and be testing it and decide that he can't go. Or and I, there's also a solid chance that he goes and he's a doesn't because he's just decoyed. That's the old Julio Jones in week eight when he's got a toe <laughs> injury. Like, do, like from a Giants standpoint, if he's not a hundred percent, do you risk him going out there and getting getting it rolled up and? missing time in week one I think that's if he's really not 100% I don't know why you throw him out there week one with 15 games left to play that just seems asinine to me 
Do you think he's a good play this week, Shane? Or do you just think he's good to go? I think he's good to go. And he's a good play. You really? <laughs> okay. Running him out there in Fanduel? No. All right. Uh, does Fegley have enough to hold off? Sure. Just a general question for his squad. Um, I looked at it today. I don't think it's as bad as I originally thought. Um, I don't think guys like Dante Moncrief and Zay Jones should necessarily be starting on a team in week one. But having Zeke in there definitely makes it look better, at least on paper. So does he have enough to potentially hold off the abusement park? Have we ever gotten clarification? Abusement or abusement? <laughs> I don't think we have. Okay, that's fine. I'll have to ask sure that. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's got some decent matchups in some spots and some ugly ones in other spots, so... I guess for this week, I'm going to say no, he doesn't. I think his top two running backs have dreadful matchups, and that could be 100% what swings it. His three best position players, Fournette, Elliott, and Hopkins, all have bad matchups in my opinion, but I think Ryan has a great matchup. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, Panthers D have good matchups. I think I like Jimmy Graham at Green Bay. Um, so there's some, and Zay Jones has a pretty good matchup, so his second half of his lineup has good matchups so that may help carry that a little bit but yeah exactly what you said I mean Fournette, Elliott and Hopkins are the guys that he's kind of counting on and they all have pretty tough matchups this week I, I don't think he has enough alright who wins Park versus Clan the Park Park clean sweep Park across the board <clears throat> All right, Cos versus Phil, Dogs versus Wolves. Um, I just realized that I feel like Phil's team name is making fun of my team name. I'm the Desert Dogs. Deserts are obviously some form of land, and the dogs are a canine-type animal. And his are the Sea Wolves. Sea, some type of land. Wolves are a canine animal. (laughs) I feel like he was making fun of me a little bit there, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just overthinking that. What do you guys think? Okay, I'll take the silence. <laughs> um, we're clear. Flabbergasted. <laughs> this is how much I think about our league, okay? Um, all right, we'll start off with the dogs. Can Todd Gurley have a nice week against the Colts? Are you guys concerned at all about number 30 for the Rams? Not at all. I think it will be more than five. 80 yards in a score? At least. Good. Yeah, good week for Gurley this week. Um, can't ask for much better matchup. He's probably gonna get the rock twenty times. Hope so. Should be uh, should be a productive week for for Gurley, fifteen plus. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. I think he's definitely a candidate to be in your Fanduel lineups. Um, I've been teetering back and forth. There's three running backs I really like this week, so not sure if he's gonna be one of them, but. Uh, We'll see. I may need to go there for some salary relief because the other two guys I like are really expensive. So, um, all right. And then Phil's team, which Bryant has a better week. And Ed, I'm giving you a chance here to plug your potential new team name because this guy also has Dez and Mark Davis. So Ed, we have a couples league going. Ed owns Dez Bryant and Mark Davis Bryant, and he hit me with a potential new team name for that league, and I loved it. So. Wanted you to plug it. <laughs> That's so bad, though. 
I didn't even get the bruh part when you were saying that. I just thought... It's not how you say it, though. It doesn't translate yeah. to text message. Yeah. If you, like, Brian playing around. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What is it? His teammate playing. would be Brian playing around, and you say, like, Brian, uh. Brian playing around. <laughs> I said, which kid in your classroom said that to you today? <laughs> so, I think it's awesome. Uh, definitely, no one's going to get it in our couples league, because... Again, it's couples, so there's six women in the league. Probably won't understand that, but uh, should be fun. So, which which one of them has a better week? I think Dez, obviously, more talented player, maybe. Um, Martavis with the better matchup, but you also have to worry about Bell and Brown on that team. So, which one do you guys like better this week? Martavis. Dez. I'm going to go with Eddie. I like Martavis better, too. So... Think he's got a great chance to go for eighty in a score. Does I just need to see him and Dak do it like two weeks in a row? I'm just still not there yet. Um, I've kind of st- stayed away from Des all off season just because of that. So, all right, who wins of the in the matchup of the land canines, dogs, wolves? I'll go first here, Ed. This is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, like both squads to put up north of 120. And I'm going to go with the Wolves. I'm going to go with the Dogs. I'll go with the Dogs, too, because I love my team. I love myself. So I'm going to take, take take me some me in week one here. See if we can get off on a good start for once here in this league. I'm 0-2 in week one, partially because I played Shane the last two years in week one. He's just been putting it on me. So I'm, again, nervous about my defense and his defense in week one. I feel like this could swing the matchup again, and I hate it. I hate that it comes down to this. I can't wait to get defenses out of this league. So... <laughs> I'm sick of losing in week one because of the defenses. Um, that, that is what's skewing the projection. It is. It's big. So. I think, though, if you get anything, if Pitt goes up early and you get something out of Corey Coleman because they're trailing and he makes a big player too, I think that that's what's going to get you there. Well, let me ask you. I like having Corey Coleman in there, but Jonathan Stewart at San Francisco – Definitely in play, and I think Shep's in play too. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Some unsolicited. Well, if, we, if we get some here. news about Odell Beckham not being able to play, Shep's definitely, definitely a play there for the yeah. Sunday night game. Um, yeah, Jonathan Stewart's in play too. I mean, San Francisco's pretty soft defensively. Gotta like him to, to have a, a nice game there. Yeah, I just don't know if this is like a game where they see what they have in McCaffrey. It just makes me nervous. So. Stewart may be the guy that they keep light workload throughout the year and see if they can have him available towards the end of the year. We'll see. I don't know. All right, and then the matchup of the week, Stein versus Ed. Ed, I'm passing off the versus Shane week one baton to you. See if you can take the little guy down. Give me a stat line prediction for Brandon Cooks tomorrow night um, in his Patriots debut. 
I'll go six catches, 96 touchdown. I'll go five for 120 and a score. There's our first test of the year. Sorry, so, buddy. <laughs> Brennan Cooks will tear an ACL tomorrow night. No, nah, he's fine. He'll be in good shape. I think he's like 7 for 90. No score. I'm not sure if he's going to score or not. Those are all fair. All in play, I think. Um, you have to be excited about it, though. You have to be excited just to see him in the Patriots uniform. See what he can do the first night. I think, I think they're going to want to show off their shiny new toy. I don't know. That's not usually the Patriots thing. You it's know not. the Patriots better than anyone. What do you think? I mean, it's interesting to see how, like you said, they want to show off their shiny new toy and kind of like establish, hey, look what we have that you guys don't. Um, but it's, it's, it's not the same as when they got Moss, obviously. Moss was a little different, a little more talent there. Um, and is their shiny new toy a healthy Gronk? Yeah. Like, is that the one they're going to want to show off too? I mean... I think the I think the Chiefs have the personnel to compete with Gronk in terms of their safety and linebacker play, so maybe they're able to take that away better than most teams. I feel it wasn't Ed, wasn't last year a thing the wide receivers against the Chiefs? I don't know, but I know tight ends are not. Yeah. Because Derek Johnson and Barry can batten down the hatches. I'm not sure about the receiver thing. Yeah, I think I think this is actually going to be a lower scoring game than people think. I mean, I know it's it's early, it's it's a prime time game at, at New England, but I think it's going to be a little more of a, a tight game. These are two pretty good teams. Um, Chiefs defense is going to be able to clamp down a little bit, I think, but in the end, I think the Patriots have a little too much. I think I agree with you in terms of scoring because I think Belichick will try to lock down Kelsey, and I just don't think Belichick teams get beat by the gadgets of Tyreek Hill. And I also think uh, City can lock down Gronk. So, I think I agree. We'll see. It's definitely a game I'm looking for. I think these are two of the better teams in the AFC. It's one of the better uh, week one opening night matchups we've had, I think. Obviously, anytime the Patriots are on, the nation turns in just to watch, uh, watch Brady do his thing, so... And the Patriots have a... It's been status quo for a while. It's been Amendola. It's been Gronk. It's been Edelman. It's been Deion Lewis, James White. Between Gillisley, Burkhead, um, Cooks, and the emergence of Hogan, there's some new guys here. I think there's a lot of buzz around this team just to see what they're going to do with all these new pieces. It hasn't been that way for a while. It's usually been the same guys. So, um, All right. Car or scam at the quarterback position? For Stein, both have great matchups this week. Um, I think the Titans Raiders is one of the higher over unders of the week too. So I like both quarterbacks, and let's give Shane some help as far as who we should play this week. Cam, I have him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much my toughest matchup, other than my my flex play, or I guess gonna end up being my wide receiver play between Matthews and Funches. Um, Right now I have Cam in there. Obviously a big Cam Newton fan. But I honestly don't think I can go wrong with either of them this week. Uh, I like both of them to be to be solid plays. 
Although I like um, Carr this week, I think he has a good matchup. I think Tennessee is a much better better defense when you compare him to San Francisco. I don't think Tennessee is a great defense as a whole, but um, I think I liked Tennessee's defense a little bit this year in some of our best balls because they get to play the Texans, Colts, and Jaguars six times. So I thought that was enticing as a defense, too, in a best ball. Um, but I don't love them against the Raiders. I think the Raiders have some of the best offensive firepower in the league. But I think it's just safe to go against the worst de- the worst defense here, and I think Cam's probably the safer play, yeah. I think he also gets... I think the snap count for Cam will be a heck of a lot higher than Carr. Yeah, because I think, I think Tennessee's going to be able to move the ball. And, I and they'll don't. move it by money net, and eat, they'll eat up a lot of time of possession. That's a good point. That's why you're I, in here for the football analysis. I think we get too enamored with looking at just defensive matchups. Like, because it's your quarterback, we don't look at the other offense. I think that's a, a mistake. I think it's beyond looking at just the, the defense. I think it's like, I tend to look a lot more at the, the team matchups and I guess that's where the game flow comes from some, but it's not just always a game flow thing for me. It's what the other offense do. Can they sustain drives? I think Tennessee obviously, or Tennessee obviously does that a heck of a lot more than San Francisco does. That's good. I like that. It's a different look at things. I've never really looked at it that way. So I can appreciate that. Um, who wins this matchup of two heavyweights in the league? Curtin versus... Go homers. Oh my! It's gonna be an interesting one because I don't love really. I guess like my favorite running back in this whole matchup is probably Bilal Powell because I don't really like any of them. If I'm being 100 percent honest, um, I think Lynch is a good bet to score a touchdown this week. But I agree. I don't think the yard yards are gonna necessarily be there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what his workload's like. Um, I feel the same way about Hunt's workload, too, not to interrupt you. I'm interested to see how many touches they're willing to give him right out the gate. Yeah. Um, And then I guess it comes down to a wide receiver battle, which I don't love the matchups I have, but Shane losing Evans certainly helps, helps my case there. So... I guess I'll pick myself. I'm going to go with Ed as well, and I don't know if it's as close as we think. I actually think Ed wins by by at least 10. Um, Don't like Kareem Hunt this week. Tough match against New England, but I don't really have another option. Um, Evans being out kind of weakens my lineup a a significant amount. Um, I I think Ed gets it done by about 10. I'll take the curtain as well. Clean sweep for the steel curtain in week one. I lose. <laughs> All right. Um, bringing a new segment onto the pod this week or this year. It's called League Rapid Fire. We're just going to go around the league, and I'm going to give you guys two choices. It may be related to the week, maybe related to the season. Um, just going to try and compare quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends and see what you guys think. So don't need to give me a whole lot can be as simple as a one-word answer, or you can give me a little bit to go with it. But who's the better QB1 this week, Rodgers or Brady? Brady. Brady. Brady, I agree. 
uh, bigger game this week than Marco Murray or Marshawn Lynch. Murray. Lynch. Um, Does that have anything to do with the fact that you own Derrick Henry and Marshawn Lynch? Yes. Nope. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Murray as well because I think that the Oakland defense is soft. Who do you guys trust more, Hopkins or Hilton this week? Um, both with quarterback question marks, both going against decent defenses. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Hopkins because I think he's a better blanket, safety blanket. Neither, but I'll go Hopkins. Um, I'll say Hopkins as well. The question wasn't, do you like either of them, Shane? It was, who do you trust more? You can't say neither. Yeah, You have to trust one more. Trust neither more. Write him in there for neither. That's one wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If they both get goose eggs, he wins and we both lose. (laughs) Um, Bigger question mark this overall, Reed or Gronk? Overall? You said that season long? Yeah. Uh, I'll go Reed because he's already battling an injury. Gronk's healthy for now, so I think it's Reed. Reed. Yeah, I think it's Reed as well. More likely to be a top 10 quarterback season end, Andy Dalton or Alex Smith? Dalton. Dalton. This is tough for me. Um, more likely more likely is probably Dalton, but I'm going to say, I'm going to predict Alex Smith. I think this is the best in terms of weapons he's had around him. Um, so I like Smith this year. Uh, who do you guys like more um, this week, Garcon or Fitzgerald? Sorry, I have to find the matchups. I don't know everyone's playing. Garcon's against the Panthers and Fitzgerald's against the Lions. Oh, man, this one's tight. This is. Now I remember, this was one of the tougher ones I've thought. On good, good, good question, right? Yeah, this is one of the tougher ones you know, Slate. I'm going to go with Garcon because I think game flow predicts him to get more targets. Fitzy. Better play. Um, I'll take Garcon as well. I thought these two were comparable just because I think they're the clear number one targets and there's not a whole lot around them in my opinion. Obviously Fitz has David Johnson which takes some looks away from him. I don't think Hyde carries that weight um, especially this week. So I like Garcon. Uh, Better season out of the rookie running backs Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette. Um, Fournette was the guy at the start of the year that everyone loved and Hunt's the darling now. So, who do you guys like better for the season? Fournette. That division is soft. Fournette. Um, I'll take Hunt. And which one's top five at season end? Zach Ertz or Kyle Rudolph? Ertz. Ertz. Um, I'll take Ertz as well. I like him better than Rudolph. I'm happy to have Rudolph for the price that I got him at. But uh, definitely like Ertz better. All right, bold prediction time. As usual, I'm nowhere close to being prepared for this. So. Got nothing for you. <laughs> Come on, man. See you at Tribal. <laughs> yeah, I did not prepare for this segment as usual. But I'll, I'll spitball with you. Carson Wentz, top five QB this week. 
You going off that Washington Redskins small D-backs? <laughs> yeah, I heard they can't stop them. <laughs> can't stop big receivers? I guess we better put Alshon Jeffrey in there. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll go with my first one. Raiders-Titans over 60 points scored. Wow. Um, I'm going to go... It's hard. Sam Bradford, top five quarterback this week. I like, I like Sammy Biscuits. Yeah, that was probably when we got so far some points. Um, all right, Ed, bold prediction number two. fantasy points. You love him, dude. Love him. That's crazy. Um, Man, this is hard. I'm going to go Rex Burkhead leads all Patriots running backs in scoring this week. Is that bold? That is bold. Alright, it's time for Bold prediction number three, a.k.a. the Tyler Lockett segment. What do you guys got? Uh, uh, no, we need a we need a two for one here. I thought that was the sound. <laughs> I really want to say Zeke Elliott under four yards rushing, so let me have that. All right, we'll get a two for one after that. Yeah, let me look. I'll go with... Two for one of my own right here. The Seawolves will lead our league in scoring this week. That will be the week one high score. But the highest player score will come from one of my quarterbacks. Don't I always pick dogs in my two for one? Yes. Alright. My wide receiver prediction, Rashard Matthews, two touchdowns this week. (laughs) Alright. Go Sox. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you predict an over 60 in Matthews. <laughs> My line is far from set, big dog. Yeah, that'll be 12.55 on Sunday that he's making these changes. Alright, here we go. The two for one on the dogs. Let's go. Seattle plus three at Green Bay. And let's go... These are also you're, you're predicting outright winners in these usually, right? Um, is that what I did? Yeah, we'll give you that. I think Seattle beats Green Bay. Um, give me. Make a bold one here. Jacksonville beats Houston. Mm. 
That's bold because Blake Bortles is the <laughs> Jacksonville quarterback. <laughs> What's that line? Six. Wow. That's bold, but I'm I'm okay with it. What do you think about that, Shane? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty bold statement saying Blake Bortles is going to go into Houston after the the hurricane and. Oh yeah. Everything they're experiencing. Yeah, you want to take that back yet? Yeah, no? figure that JJ Watt's going to have the troops rallied. <laughs> Yeah, that might be a thing. <laughs> That's definitely That's a definitely thing. A thing. <laughs> There's no bigger JJ Watt truther than Eddie Mitch and me there, so you want to change? I'll give I'll give you one redo since it's week one. Brother's a dick. He wouldn't even look at me when I said his name at camp. Shane, you would do that. Grown man with a nice beard like myself, he wouldn't even look at me. I'll give you one chance to change that if you want to. You guys like the uh, you guys like the Bears? What's that line this week? The what? The Bears. I have six, it at six or seven. seven. I think that's interesting. Atlanta on the road, week one. Super Bowl um, hangover. Yeah. <clears throat> Everyone's doubting the Bears. I could see that. But I think the Falcons should be able to put up some points in that one. So we'll see. All right, anything else for the good of the order? I'm just excited to get the year started. <laughs> we know. <laughs> That's why I said it. You can predict anything that you're going to say on here. We're going to love Larry Fitzgerald. We're going to love Chiefs running backs and LaShawn McCoy. And... Hey, I picked Fournette over Hunt. <laughs> We're going to love Breeze in primetime. I do. Any big receiver against Washington. <laughs> Hard-hitting analysis. Like to be consistent. You are that, if nothing else. I agree. <laughs> Ed, anything else for the good of the order? No, I think I'm good. All right, this is the Week One podcast. Thanks to Eddie and Shane for joining me. Very, very excited to get it going. It's been a long time coming. Um, a lot of stuff in play. Really excited for Week One. Can't wait to not have to deal with any fall baseball. I get to watch every week. So, should be uh, exciting, and I have a Jared Goff jersey on the way. So, yeah, retro blue and yellow. Closet Rams fan over here. I am. I I am now a Rams fan. Decided it's finally to pick a team. Thought it was a good one with them changing cities, ties to St. Louis. Todd Gurley made a lot of sense for me. So, new coach. I like the coach. So, yeah, Rams fan over here. Um, Guess your Watkins jersey will be your Christmas present. No, no, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> He's still, a fear. He's still a free agent. It's an Aaron Donald jersey? Yeah. Um, but yeah, wrapping up week one pod here. Thanks for listening. Twitter, at Red Triangle 23. Um, thanks for joining, and we'll see how week one turns out.